Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude and Justin. We are back with our Dear Homes podcast number two, discussing the November 2022 case letter number two. A lot of twos here. Uh, so if you are all caught up, you would have heard our previous podcast where we discussed the first case letter, uh, the mysterious case of the mystery, missing astrolabe. Um, and, and the uh, torn cuff. And the torn, cu- the cuff that is torn, uh, and uh, and we got a couple of interesting uh, characters all set up, a couple interesting motives, perhaps. Yep. yep. Uh, Justin and I didn't really find any clear evidence or clear motive for anybody, um, so we're very, very eager and excited to get this uh, second case letter to see what clues lies within. Ooh, I can't wait to find out, but I don't have it yet, so I have no idea. So I just, uh, so Justin didn't receive his letter to in the mail yet, but I did just send you a scan. (laughs) So optimistic to say yet. I appreciate that. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, Okay, so I just sent you the scan, Justin. I got it. it. Oh my God, I got it. And now you see why I was very exclamatory okay. about this case letter because it changes a very interesting thing. All right, I it's haven't opened it yet, letter. so so oh, yeah. here here comes the big reveal. I'm opening okay. it now. Yes. Wait. Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh no! Oh yes, indeed! Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! That's why I want the captain's reaction on the podcast. Oh no! I didn't expect this. I didn't either. Even though I feel like we almost had this theory. We sh- yeah, we should have expected this. Oh. Uh, okay, so you. Oh, are, oh so no! Everybody listening should be able to see this scan Shit. on the uh, the podcast post. Bentley sure. Sallow. Bentley Sallow. <laughs> All right. Wow. Um, so wow. what we're exclaiming to right now is the fact that this second case letter comes from a different character than the first case letter, which, <laughs> you know, Rashomon, right? We should have expected that uh, we get other information from different sources. That's classic mystery. Uh, but I didn't expect that. So when I opened up the letter here just now, I was really, really floored. Uh, and actually, this is really exciting because now we can, you know, we don't have to rely on one person's uh, yeah. testimony. Yeah. Now we can cross-examine and see what lines up, what doesn't line up. What's he going to say about the cuff? That's what I want to know. He'll say, my cuff was never torn. <laughs> He's like, this cuff is the strongest cuff There's ever There's one cuffed. thing I know in this world. Exactly. You'll never see me with a torn cuff, ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, neither of us have read this letter yet, so let's dive in. Okay, letter number two. I'm ready. Okay, so the first case, case letter, if you'll remember, was from uh, Ewan uh, Finnegan, who is the person who is being fingered for this crime of stealing the astrolabe from Adelard uh, University. Uh, and so the letter, the 
case letter number one was written from his stationery, basically. Uh, and what's cool and different about this is this is from a different stationery, different letterhead, and it's signed by your obedient servant, Constable Bentley Solo. All right, so this is the constable that we heard from in the first letter, and now the constable's writing to Sherlock Holmes, and of course, we're here as a consulting detective trying to solve the case. All right. Uh, one thing I want to mention is the first case letter from Ewan was dated 1 May, thank you, 1895. Ah, thank you, yes. Uh, and this one is dated 3 May, 1895, so two days later. Wow. Wow. Okay. Only two days later. Okay. The top of the letterhead says Telegrams, Ch uh, Chester Post Office. The big letterhead title is Cheshire Constabulary, which is a great word. Uh, <laughs> and it's from Chester. Um, okay, here we go. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Holmes, while under ordinary circumstances, I'd be delighted to correspond with the Sherlock Holmes. It disheartens me to see your time wasted by Ewan Hoonigan. He is and always has been a master criminal. I watched closely when my superior, Chief Constable Mayberry, assisted in the downfall of Professor Moriarty those years ago, and it's a certainty that no man could have so closely orbited the professor without assisting in his conspiracy. Hoonigan may have escaped prosecution in that convoluted affair, but in this more earthly crime, where the evidence of his guilt is clear, I will not let him go free. In deference to you, I will answer your questions about the case, but I am confident that in time you will concur with my findings. I first learned of the theft at Adelard College just a few, just, excuse me, just after nine in the morning on the 1st of May. I was making my rounds when two professors, McCann Butchart and Ken Thorwood, oh <laughs> came running to me. Help, our names are crazy. No. Uh, Gorwid, G-O-R-Y-D-D, please, two Ds, if you're serious, <laughs> is one of the university's more notable professors, always sporting the latest fashion. So I knew something was wrong from the moment I saw him racing down the corridor, leather hat in hand. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I just want to stop here and talk about that <laughs> There's 20 things wrong already. Okay, here we go. Quote, uh, sorry, he heaved, quote, there's been a robbery, glass everywhere, come along, end quote. And I followed. We ran back towards the atrium where, two, where the two showed me that a glass display case meant for one of the university's most valuable artifacts now lay empty with shattered glass all around it. On arriving, I performed a cursory inspection. It appeared to be a clean job. There were no fingerprints, excuse me, finger marks, <laughs> finger, marks or remnants, finger marks or remnants of fabric. All that was left in the case was a small stone, brown, speckled, with verdigree. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. I can't, wait I can't wait to Google that word. It seems like maybe it's like gray green or something. It seems Latinish. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Waiting next to the broken case was Elise Northcott, uh -huh. the mm. young woman who discovered the theft. 
I surveyed the scene, then interviewed all three of those present, hoping to begin identifying suspects. I started with Northcott, asking if she had heard or seen anything unusual before or after the burglary. She thought for a moment, then answered, no. I had been busy at work in the library since eight. I had just finished sweeping the two northern halls when I came out to clean the display cases. Didn't even step outside before I noticed broken glass across the ground everywhere. Really, everywhere. There was nobody else in the atrium, and at first, I couldn't tell what exactly had been broken. Then I saw one of the newer display cases had been shattered. I thought somebody had stumbled. Excuse me. I thought somebody had tumbled into the glass. Until I, noticed, until I noticed that the glass, that the gold astrolabe had been switched out for a stone. It was then that I ran for help. Professor Gorwood's door was open. I told him what I'd seen. We fetched Professor Bushard down the hall, and they told me to keep watch of the atrium until they were back. End quote. That was all a quote. Mr. Gorwood and Bushard both nodded along to her story, adding that they searched the corridors around the atrium before finding me near the lecture hall. I added Mr. Gorwood if he, excuse me, I asked Mr. Gorwood if he surveyed, damn it. I asked Mr. Gorwood if he'd observed anything of note in the hours before the theft. I got to slow down. Nothing, really, he told me, except the music in Mac's office. Ooh. Mm. That, that, was, that was me saying ooh, not the letter saying ooh. Me too, yeah. <laughs> Except the music in Mac's office until Elise came running. Elsie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I have a little dyslexia. You can figure that out by now. The astrolabe was in its case in the atrium when I got here this morning. I arrived at 6.30 to work on lecture notes. I left my office only once since then to use the toilet around 7. TMI. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. Okay. Sorry, not in the letter. Okay. I didn't stop to observe the astrolabe when I crossed the atrium, but there was certainly no mess of glass. I remember it feeling quite peaceful. I worked on notes for another couple of hours until Elsie ran in panicked, whimpering, quote, the atrium, glass, the, the case, everywhere, please come, end quote. So I alerted Mac, and we both followed her out to the atrium. When we saw what had happened, we told her to stand watch and ran to find you as fast as we could. Butchard recalled a similar series of events. He said, quote, I didn't hear anything odd either, but I doubt that I would have. I had the phonograph playing just beside me on my desk as I worked. The first thing that drew my attention was Ken shouting, Mac, Mac, come quick, end quote. I followed him out to the corridor, and he told me of the theft. When asked the charwoman to, when we sorry, we asked the charwoman to stay near the atrium, to be sure nobody stepped on the glass, and to keep an eye on anybody who did happen to walk past. And then we rushed to find you. End quote. From what I know of the three witnesses, none strikes me as a theft or a thief, if you read it correctly. <laughs> Gorwood is something of a snob, and Butchard is far from favorable, has a far from favorable reputation with the barmaids 
but both are well compensated by the college. From their dress, I surmise they also have substantial means beyond their wages from Adelard, which would further dissuade them from any impropriety like this. Both are also, from what I've been told, quite brilliant. In academic circles, they're believed to be on or on their way to greatness. <laughs> I like my version better. They're believed to be on their way to greatness, is what the letter says. They work in close proximity. So had either of them acted alone, the other would have known it. They could, of course, have worked together, but there's no evidence in support of this theory. And I can't possibly think of a reason for two men so enamored with their professions to take such a gamble. As for Northcott, she's worked for the college nearly seven years now without so much as a complaint to her name. It is for this reason she has full access to the grounds at all hours and keys to all the display cases. From my encounters with her, she has always appeared to be honest and hardworking woman. She is the person who reported the crime, and all indications are that she reported it immediately upon discovering the shattered case. If she'd wanted to steal the university's astrolabe, she had the means to do so with much greater discretion. Moreover, I searched Northcott's supply room along with the offices of both professors. Not one of them gave objections to the search, and I found nothing suspicious. Ruling out these three, the question arose of who then stole the astrolabe. I asked each of them whether they'd seen anything unusual if, if they've seen sorry, I asked each of them whether they'd seen any unusual visitors in the days leading up to the theft. Northcott said no, and that she'd seen nobody besides the librarian and myself this morning. Butchard and Gorwood <laughs> agreed, but I could not see Sorry, but I could see, <laughs> that's the opposite, that both men were uneasy. Let me read that again. Butchard and Gorwood agreed, but I could see that both men were uneasy. Gorwood then frowned, whispered to Butchard, and clearly his throat. And <laughs> cleared his throat. Clearly his guys, throat. Guys, it's late. I'm tired. My eyes are blazing over. <laughs> Quote, we did have one unexpected visitor yesterday. End quote. This is when Ewan Funikan became a suspect. Mr. Funikan was once a friend and colleague to the two professors and was supposed to interview for a position at Adelard on the day of the theft. The day before the theft, he paid a visit to the school, supposedly to speak to his old friends in private, but neither man would admit him into their office, so he waited in the atrium for them to emerge so that he could plead for their help. Butcher told me we'd heard Ewan was not doing well, but I don't know the situation was quite so bad. Or, I didn't know the situation <laughs> was quite so bad. Slight difference. I, uh, it was during that time. It was during that time Sorry, it was during that time waiting in the atrium, I surmise, that he hashed his plan to steal the asteroid. Hey guys, just read it yourself, all right? <laughs> okay, almost done. It's so long. You're so close. <laughs> Do you want me to take over? <laughs> okay, at the time, <laughs> I need to tap out. At the time, I knew nothing of Funikan. But his former colleague's concern over his visit and the fact that he recently spent time in the atrium intrigued me. So I pressed further, quote, 
Lots of people are desperate for work these days, end quote. And Gorward let loose that he'd been holding back. Quote, sure enough, but Ewan has trouble finding work for a very particular reason. Have you heard of a man named Moriarty? End quote. <laughs> I nearly fell out of my chair, but I was but I composed myself and nodded. Quote, we first met Ewan when he was Professor Moriarty's research assistant. When it turned out that Moriarty was more a criminal than a scholar, Ewan denied knowledge of his crimes. We wanted to believe that he was innocent, but after all the hubbub around Moriarty, we were forced to either keep up keep our distance from Ewan or risk our reputations, end quote. All at once, it made sense how and why the astrolabe could have been stolen so cleanly. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, once I sent away the two professors and Miss Northcott and sealed off the atrium, I located Swinney Kent in his lodging, at his lodgings and brought him to the station for questioning. This interview bolstered my theory. Swinikan told me point blank that he hadn't been able to find work in months, but when I spoke to the owner of the inn where he was staying that evening, he informed me that our man had been doing had been doing day work as a chimney sweep. In fact, he was cleaning the inn's chimneys in exchange for board. This revelation explained to me a curiosity which hadn't strayed from my mind since first inspecting the atrium, tracks of an unusually dark, dry material. I had initially figured they were made of soil, not an uncommon sight in the atrium, and observed each of the surroundings, surrounding flower beds for a match. I found none, but after my conversation with the innkeeper, I realized that I'd been altogether mistaken. It was not soil, but rather soot, which somebody had tracked through the atrium. Peculiar, no. I will also note that I've inquired to see if Funiken might have sold or pawned the astrolabe. The artifact has not been sold or offered to either of the local pawnbrokers or Cheshire's resident jeweler, Theodore Wicks, which they've lied about, excuse me, unless they've lied to me about the fact, in parentheses, I see no reason to doubt them. I plan to pay a visit to Mr. Funikan at the Adelaide Arms tomorrow at dawn. If all goes well, I'd have the opportunity, I'll have the opportunity to inspect his lodgings even if only briefly, for any signs of the missing astrolabe. Beyond that, the case is presently at a standstill, yet I don't mind, excuse me, yet I don't intend to rest until I've gotten to the bottom of this. It's not every day that a university patrol officer gets to take on a case of this magnitude, and I take great pride in being able to make myself of use. You have my word, Mr. Holmes. We'll catch this swindler. Your obedient servant. Constable Bentley Solo. Wow. Dude, what a long letter. Was it longer than the first one? Or did it just I like... don't think so. It was four Jeez. four pages, right? That, I think that was about that was the same. Longer. <laughs> I, felt I mean like it was... felt longer, but <laughs> I feel like there were so many things that stood out to me. I don't even remember what they were. There was a first of all, the cuff never came into question. Now nah, he didn't even talk about it. I was so annoyed. I was like, wait, what? How did you not mention the cuff or your cigarette case? Hey, like... Mr. Holmes, solve the case of the <laughs> of the cut cuff. Like <laughs> he didn't even care about the cuff. I'll tell you what stood out to me the okay, most uh at first was most of what was in the previous letter was corroborated here. 
Like yes. the the way he characterized who was where, who did what, who mm -hmm. said what, it's you know. Good point. It's a very good point. Most of that seems to line up. The only thing in here where it, it wasn't mentioned was this thing about being a chimney sweep at the mm -hmm. inn. Like he never mentioned that. And in a way, you think he would mention that yeah, it, because it seems like I, it makes him sympathetic. I, well, I was wondering when they mentioned he was staying somewhere, how he was paying for that. Yeah. So he didn't mention in the first letter to Holmes that he was working there as a chimney sweep and then has seemingly left evidence that he was there. So he's so dirty when he shows up <laughs> and he leaves a trail of soot. Yeah. In the atrium? Is that the idea? That seems to be what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, to me, that's not, you know, uh, mm -hmm. he, he already said he was there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just because his soot tracks are there doesn't mean he stole the thing. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not conclusive. But yeah, then, judge a book by its set, right? It, I always say that. Yeah, you you have that tattoo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can remember that I uh, say that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. in case you forget to say it, you can read your tattoo. Uh, uh, but but I think, uh, it it just makes me wonder slightly similarly to the this thing from the last one, like why you know, why are they mentioning that, you know, mm -hmm. is, is, is the soot a clue? Is someone else at the inn? Is, is, you know, did they find out about it and they're framing him? Like they like went to the inn and grabbed some soot to lay it down. I don't know, you know, cause it's weird that he was so dirty from soot and he's going in for a job interview, yeah. you know, even if it was the day before, and he still got sit all over himself. Like, why isn't he? That's like... a weird one. That's a weird one. <laughs> he seems like a person who would present himself in the best light. Yeah. For an interview, and he wouldn't show up to a school, even for the tour, uh, sooty. Yeah, <laughs> sooty. <laughs> he might go to the city, but he's not going to show up sooty. Sooty <laughs> would never be sooty in the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Sarah Jessica Parker TV show we never got. City of the City. <laughs> Mr. Big is actually just a chimney. Okay. Um, <laughs> so one thing that stood out to me is the charwoman. Uh, they, they, they seem they suggested that. She has a key to all of the cases. So yeah. if she wanted to steal it, she didn't need to break it open. Right. Right. But on the other hand... Yeah. Um, if she wanted to make it look like she didn't steal it, yeah. she would break it open. She wouldn't right use now, the key. Gotta, yeah. Because it's like, why would I steal it? I got a key. Like, yeah. why would I break the thing? Let's look up the word verdigree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a bright bluish green incrustation or patina formed on copper or brass by atmospheric oxidation consisting of basic copper carbonate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually not a gray thing. It is a it's a, it's like an aqua color. 
Okay. It's, it's, oh, okay. It's something you'd see on like uh, like the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty is yeah. that green color that the Statue of Liberty has is verdigris because okay. it, it it actually used to be copper colored when the French gave it to us. Oh, oh, it's not gr it's not really green. It's I see. It's supposed to be green vinegar. I see. Mm. That's the that's the origin. So it's like green made by vinegar. Okay. Uh, okay, so what does it say? It says, all that was left in the case was a small stone brown with speckled verdigris. So that means that means it's copper. That means the stone has copper in it, right? Yeah. That's an interesting detail. That's what it sounds like, yeah. So it's not just brown and green in general, but it, but it has some copper in it. But, it's, but if it's rough stone, that means it's a gemstone that's not cut. So it's a yeah. gemstone with brown that's that that has brown and copper pieces. God, I wish I would have uh, kept up with my gemstone major in college. I would maybe know what this is. Is there so if I say gem, Google gemstone copper brown? Does <laughs> does this occur? Uh, does this occur naturally? Verdigree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's just oxidation on on copper. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Just checking. Just checking. Um, since all the examples seem like they're done artificially, uh, it just made me well, wonder. Well, I think the Statue of Liberty is an example, right? Uh oh, oh, it didn't. It's it didn't green. look like yeah, that. Yeah, when, when it was given to us by the French, uh, it was copper. Okay. It was it was the color we think of as copper, and it and it the oxidation has turned it green. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it yeah it's all it's actually all made of copper. Okay. Uh, but it looks green because of the verdigris. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so I wonder is there a gemstone? So what's a copper gemstone then? Let's see if Google can help. Um, Azurite and Malachite are copper-based gemstones. Does that help? Um, yeah, I mean, they, mm, yeah, they, uh, they kind of look vaguely like the right color. Okay, what does that, what, what does that have to Anything. I know. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, Let's okay. See. We'll we'll put a pin in that. I don't know if figuring out what this gemstone is will, will really help. <laughs> it is it is still a very weird element though. And yeah. and and also, um uh when he meant where is the place where he mentions this thing? <laughs> the stone. Uh, uh it's at the it's at the second paragraph on page one at the very end ah yeah 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 um he does not unlike the last letter suggest that the stone was used to break the thing uh-huh and he also calls but, it but, he, but he also reiterates that there's glass everywhere at least from the what the people say 
Huh? I mean, he's not suggesting that the glass over the astrolabe wasn't broken. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying it wasn't broken with the stone. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not saying that that's what was used to break it. Yeah, which which was like suggested in the in the first letter, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to me the this 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 constable character is not it doesn't seem to even be thinking that that's he he in fact calls it a small stone, mm -hmm. which you know could it fit in a cigarette case? I'm just saying, <laughs> it's small. Have you seen We'd... a cigarette case? <laughs> I really want it, the stone it, in the it, cigarette it, case. It, it, a cigarette it could be a cigarette sized stone right a small stone right i mean how big is a small stone if it's that small can it be a stump now i'm looking at what is the definition <laughs> of a stone stone gotta be big i mean a little bit a stone Let's... is a hard non-metallic mineral uh, of which rock is made, especially as building material, or it's a piece of piece of stone shaped for a purpose. Um, that's not helpful. Let me see. Stone, a concrete, a, sorry, a concretion of earthly or mineral matter, a piece of rock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really think it makes any sense that the stone was in the cigarette case. I just thought it was interesting that there's a detail added here that makes it slightly oh, more it's, plausible. It's this guy's cigarette case. So if he had a stone that he used to break the thing open, would, would he be talking about it? Well, it, it would have to be an elaborate plot. I agree. But I don't know. But I mean, to your point earlier, maybe that's why he didn't say it was used to break the thing open. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like maybe he, but why did he, why was it left there? I still don't understand that. Why not just take the thing? It definitely sort of feels like, it mm -hmm. sort of feels like it's a message, but then maybe this is just supposed to be a clue to help solve the case. Like, you know, maybe it doesn't really make sense. I'm, I'm really not sure. There's no way you break a case and then Lee and put a stone in there instead of the the thing you stole without it being a message because because you can break the case with anything you can break it with a hammer you know whatever you don't need to to find something that's so specific that two people have now described it you know and then leave it in place of the thing so that's it's definitely I gotta I my hunch is that there's a message somehow and that if you knew what the stone was, that would help with the message. Mm hmm You know? So it's I mean, brown be speckled with vertigree. So maybe that just means it's copper, because copper is a brownish color, right? So yeah. maybe all that means is it's copper and some of it's oxidized. Yeah. So it's a it's a copper gemstone. Um and somebody left it there for some reason. <laughs> That's all I got. Did I solve Presumably it? Presumably the thief left it there. Yeah. Uh, it would be weird if it was stolen and then someone else left a stone there. <laughs> um, 
I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but I think it's possible that it wasn't used to break the thing, but it could still be a message even if it wasn't used to break the thing. I agree. I think the fact the idea was used to break the thing is just a conclusion you make when you see the the crime scene. Yeah. But I don't think that's has to be true. Yeah. 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 And it's, it just, it seems notable that it's not mentioned here. I, I do think yeah. there's, there's, there's some clue here with the stone, but I, I, have we, is it, is there like copper in chimneys or something? <laughs> is that what they're sweeping? That's they're sweeping it. out all the copper? Sweeping out the copper? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to, is there any connection? of copper with any of the characters that have been introduced like i don't think so but i mean maybe it's not connected with the person but it's about like what it what it means in context but it's like do we really know enough to all right anyway i don't know what to do with this stone Okay, let's come back to that. Let's come back to the stone. I want to keep going in the letter. Okay. It was a little hard to read in. That's why I was messing up sometimes because I was trying to like <laughs> like uh, process what I was reading. I understand. That's why I didn't want to read it because I can't do that. I would just, I would have to read it again without saying yeah. anything. So one thing I think is interesting is just, you know, uh, Elise North, Northcott, the, the charwoman, just talking about how much glass was everywhere. Mm-hmm. She said, "She said." Um, so he asked the constable asked if she'd heard or seen anything unusual before or after the burglary. She thought for a moment, then answered, "No, I'd been busy at work in the library since eight. I had just finished sweeping the two northern halls when I came out to clean the display cases. First of all, why are they dirty? Next, <laughs> didn't even step outside before I noticed broken glass." across the ground everywhere really everywhere so that to me is interesting that there's just so much glass why is there yeah. so much glass and then she says there was nobody else in the atrium and at first i couldn't tell what exactly had been broken really <laughs> and she says then i saw one of the newer display cases had been shattered. So this is the second time we've heard the display cases characterized as new. Yeah. I don't know why, but that is sticking out to me that they're new cases. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if new cases are easier to break, <laughs> um, harder to break, um, or it's just the stuff they've had before is not valuable enough to steal. Cause that's actually a big question, right? Of all things to steal. Why that? Yeah. Presumably yeah. there's other things they could have taken. That's just as valuable. We haven't gotten confirmation of that, but there's clearly other display cases, some older display cases, things they've had before. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the new ones. And actually, that's another point. If it's a new display case and a new thing they're displaying, maybe they recently acquired it. So that might be why the thief wants it back because it was just recently taken. Didn't they say something about that? Did they? Uh, am I wrong? I what feel like 
maybe in one of the interviews, I feel like there was something about, uh, hold on. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, I, maybe I'm making it up. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I don't see anything like that. I don't know. I, I had in my head that there was something about, but maybe I'm just thinking of the newer cases thing. Okay. And that that, that was implying that, you know, that they just recently put it out there. Or maybe there was something kinda, in the previous letter. I don't I know. look at the timeline here. So we've got, it's 6.30. We've got Mr. Gorwid working on lecture notes. He left his office to use the restroom at seven. Okay, he didn't. He didn't stop to observe the astrolabe, but he didn't notice a mess of glass. So the astrolabe wasn't, you know, was still there by seven. Well, so so I'll just inject the possibility that uh, that Elsie stole it with the key and then broke the glass later. Which seems really unlikely, but I'm just saying he didn't see it, so Dude, possible. I actually love that idea that there's two different things happening at once. That one person could have stolen it, and the other person sees it's gone, and then replaces it with a more clumsy crime. Mm-hmm. Because the glass everywhere is a really clumsy crime. Yeah, and you probably only. You know, this other thing I wanted to talk about was the, was is the music that was being played in Mac's office, mm -hmm. um, which apparently wasn't by Mac, but by his partner, I think, by the other guy, if I remember correctly. Uh, but one of them is playing music, which wait, is like, the, the music wasn't Mac. Well, let me see if I'm right. He says, Mister Gorwood said he didn't note of anything. He didn't, let's see. I asked Mr. Goyd if he'd observed anything of note in the hours before the theft. Nothing really, except the music in Mac's office. Oh, he says that's of note, so that's interesting. Until Elsie came running. Okay, so that means that, sorry, Mac is playing music, but I thought later when Mac is talking... Mac is butchered, butchered, right? Yes, Mac butchered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the phonograph playing just beside me. Okay, I just okay, I just I just misunderstood when I was reading it. Okay, cool. So it's his music and his yeah. Office. So that makes me think that somebody is confident enough to break the glass since there's so much glass mm -hmm. uh, because the music's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Which you know could implicate. Mac or you know like if if it was to cover it up you know mm -hmm. like maybe he's in on it you know maybe it's Mac and Elsie I'm just saying I I want to I want to dive into this idea that one person stole it for some particular reason then a second person sees it stolen 
you know, one person is stills it using the key, presum presumably Elsie. And then another person sees it stolen, right? Because he did say, hey, I crossed the atrium. Yeah. I didn't notice it was missing, but I didn't see any glass, which we don't want to assume that means it was still there. Yeah. It just means there was no glass, which means it was all, it could have already been stolen. Yeah. And then somebody later sees, oh, shit, this thing has been stolen. I need to now protect that person who I know did it. Mm -hmm. Or some other reason why I want to I want to protect this. And now has this clumsy. So here's a question about this gemstone, then. What what do our, our Mac and uh, uh, Gorwid, what do they do? Are they in math or are they in something else? Oh, I I guess I assumed they were in math. Did it did it not say that? I'm uh, over here. Maybe it didn't say that. Yeah, I don't think it's actually saying that. I guess I assumed it from the first letter. Did he say they were supposed to be? <laughs> I'm very close to finding out. Okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, they're described as old friends and colleagues. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean, but it would kind of be my assumption. Yeah. So Adelaide. Oh, he says. He says. Yeah. Most recently, I secured an interview for a tutor position in Adelaide's College Mathematics Department, where my two old best friends, McCann. Butchard and Ken Gorward currently enjoy building careers. Now, I guess we can't be sure that means they work in the math department so much as they work at the school. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, why Why? Why are you concerned about what department they work in? Well, if they're geologists. And they ah, have that's where you're trying to go. Okay, okay. And they have access to a rough stone. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it, I got it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's been mentioned, so if that's true, it's something they're holding back. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, that would definitely make it, yeah, very suspicious. I mean, playing the music, I don't know. It could just be a coincidence, but... It can't be, because he called it out as being unusual. So it's not like he's playing music all the time at 7 o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. Wait, who said it's unusual? Uh, Dude, he's Gorwood. He says... Let's see, I'm on the first page. Uh, I'm on the second page. Yes, second page, second paragraph. I asked Mr. Gorwood if he'd observed anything of note in the hours before the theft. Nothing, really, except the music in Mac's office. So that was of note. Sorry, not unusual. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, um, of no. note, but not necessarily unusual. Okay, okay, okay. All right, just making sure. <laughs> We're the most pedantic detectives <laughs> inside of this um, But it matters. Okay. It's like I, like, I can understand calling it of note because it was happening. And, you know, I would assume it didn't necessarily happen but, all but the time. If it happened all the time, then it's not of note, right? Why would you note something that happens all the time? Well, 
uh yeah so yeah like i would assume it doesn't happen every day it doesn't happen all the time but that's not necessarily the same thing as but, but as, but the fact that we're reading a mystery story and they call out the music being of note makes me think we should think it's of note yeah 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 no i mean i i agree with your basic point <laughs> So I, I like this idea because this is the kind of thing that like feels like the right answer, which is one person did something and another person did something else. Mm-hmm. So like somebody stole it using a normal method and then somebody's like, oh shit, they stole that thing. I told them not to, they did it anyway or whatever. Yeah. Let me cover up for them. Uh, I'll make a clumsy crime scene by breaking it. I'll just grab a rock that I have. And I'll I'll break the glass and I'll leave it in this thing. I don't know why yet. And then <laughs> I'll have the culprit be the guy who everybody already thinks is a is a criminal mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. I and I I'll go get some soot from the inn. Yeah. To track around the crime scene. Because and put... the, because I'm trying to frame <laughs> that person. So some who so so if this is the case, then like they're really, 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 really invested in protecting whoever really did it. To go yeah. so far as not only to frame um Ewan, but to to like do the soot the soot part. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. To it's throw serious commitment. Out. Yeah. They would have to even know he was doing that and then go yeah. to the trouble to go there, get the thing and plant it. So. Well, and the, the people who would know he's doing that are the, his friends who he kept trying to get a job from, right? I could imagine him telling them what he's up to, unless he's got so much pride, he would hide the fact he's a chimney sweep. But in general, I could see him saying, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get, you know, get back into academics. Right now, I'm barely making it by as a chimney sweep. You know, so I could I could see him mentioning that to somebody in mm-hmm. general. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it seems notable to me that uh, those other characters uh, from the first letter are not mentioned here. You know, um, yeah. the the constable who doesn't have to be right, but it seems like he doesn't really consider any suspects. He doesn't besides know besides Gorwid, Butchart, Elsie, uh, yeah. and that's a really Ewan. good point. That's a really good point. I would say he doesn't know them, but in terms of this being a mystery we're trying to solve, I think that's a really valid point that he's not mentioning them. The other thing I would mention on top of that is why is he writing home? Yeah, yeah, that is so unclear. Like, I guess, I guess he found out. I guess he found out that yeah. Ewan had. How would he written... know? Two days before, Ewan wrote a letter to Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. How could he know that? He yeah. did he tell him? That's the only thing that makes sense to me for the timeline. I'm a little confused on the timeline. Right, because the previous letter was one May, right? So, yeah. and he had already been already arrested. Been so he hadn't written Holmes yet. Oh, he could have written it. I guess he wrote it from prison. <laughs> well, he's not in prison. Or oh, he's not even in prison. Never mind. So he yeah. wrote, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he wrote it. But when he was questioned, he hadn't written the letter yet. Yeah, so it's, not, it's not like he could tell him I wrote Sherlock Holmes from the situation I'm in right this second. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Oh, oh, so he would have to go back. Oh man, is he working with Elsie? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean, listen. Those are the two people with the most power in this situation, right? And he knows about the chimney sweep thing because he talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. That sounds like a good good way to, if you're trying to frame somebody, you go, hey, by the way, I know he's a chimney sweep and guess what I found at the crime scene? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I guess, yeah, I guess then I would have to say he was sort of spying on him at the end or something. And, and like he read his mail. I don't know. I, I don't know how else to explain how he knew that he was corresponding with Holmes. That's a that's, weird one. Yeah, that's a very weird one. Maybe it's just the contrivance. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure. Well, what another thing that stood out to me this letter was a lot more interesting than the first one because there's a lot of things that stand out like i'm on page two and he says let's see where did i start i lost my place the last paragraph the big paragraph he goes he's talking about the three witnesses and none strike him as a thief he says, Gorwood is something of a snob and butchered his far from favorable reputation with the barmaids, but both, well, I guess Me Too movement, right? Both are well <laughs> compensated by the college. He yeah. says from their dress, I surmise they, have, they also have substantial means beyond their wages at the college. Yeah. What does that mean? That's yeah. They steal stuff and sell it. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought that was a weird comment to throw in. That does seem, I don't know. And He's trying to say. Brilliant, which sounds like what? They can get away with crimes? Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. Oh, man, what if they all did it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are we murdered on the Orient Express? Is everybody stole it? <laughs> yeah, everybody stole it. Yeah, the one guy put on the music. The yep. lady had the key and she yep. the other guy had the rock because he's a geologist and he broke yep. the thing. Yep. And okay, so they all stole it to do what? To just get money? Yeah, so that's that's where the that's that's the hard part. <laughs> I don't know why they would do it, because I feel like I don't really know that much about them. Uh he see. does say they work in close proximity. So had either of them acted alone, the other would have noticed, which makes yeah. me think they didn't act alone. If yeah. if either one acted, they didn't act alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of why um that's kind of why I was thinking um uh yeah, that it, that it was some combination of of them. Um, I like that, Justin. I like that a lot. They all stole it. <laughs> so, the charwoman, the two professors, and the constable. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the case. He's got the cigarette case with the with the with the the numbers on it. Yeah, maybe that's why they need the astrolabe. Go back to that whole thing. Like he he's got to use it to find the treasure or some shit. I don't know. Like what? Well, you know? it's an interesting question of why now, right? And they did in terms of why now they did just put this thing on display. Yeah. So maybe they didn't have access to it before. So that's the why now. Right. 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 Well, and also you know they've got this convenient fall guy coming. Uh, but but so. why not just steal it 
with the key that the charwoman has and not make it look like a theft. Oh, because then she'd be implicated. Yeah, then she'd be implicated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they do that to protect her. I like that. Yeah, that even though I think, according to my current theory, she did steal it with the key, and the glass thing happened later. Yeah. So everybody's lying? Uh, that <laughs> if, if that theory is true, then yes, everybody's lying. Except perhaps Ewan. Ewan's the only one we should believe, because he's the only one everybody hates. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the, under that version, under that version. But I guess there are other possibilities. I mean, you know, oh, um, I guess it could be Ewan and Elsie or Ewan and the Constable. <laughs> well, and here's an interesting part. I think this is page three. And he says... Um, Uh, moreover, I searched Northcott's supply room along with the offices of both professors. None of them gave objections to the search, and I found nothing suspicious. So this is interesting to me just in terms of like where is the astrolabe now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They didn't give objection because they know it's not in in these places. Right. So where right. is the ash? Is it up a chimney? Um. <laughs> Somebody stuff it in a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> wait so did you do it or did they do they put it in a chimney to try to extra frame yeah because you know what's better than one frame <laughs> is an extra frame um so let me read this again ruling out these three the question arose of who then stole the astrolabe i asked whether they seemed unusual no uh butchered agreed they could uh but i could see that both men were uneasy so they were uneasy when they said they seen nobody besides the librarian and myself that morning huh mm -hmm. gorwood then frowned whispered to butchered and cleared his throat we did have an unexpected visitor yesterday. This seems like when they're decided to pin it on him, pin it on Ewan. Yeah. Well, literally the next sentence is this is when Ewan became. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So that sounds like there was somebody else there. And they're like, shit. Let's say this other person we saw was Ewan, but maybe. So now I want to go to back to, to Ella or Elsie. Oh, no. What's her name from the first letter? Ella. Ella. I want to go back to Ella and say, was Ella there? Oh. I, I think they all know each other, right? Yeah. So that's all these people know each like. other. So what if she was there? But that would mean that none of them did it. But they're covering for Ella for some reason. Oh man, was it Ella and Elsie? Ella is the E. The e I want Elsie to do it no matter what. Yeah. 
I, I I like the idea that she had a key and that it actually was stolen earlier than they think. But I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't get too attached to that idea, but it's it's definitely a possibility. Uh, see, yeah, I mean, when I read it the first time, I thought that they were just uneasy because they didn't like I, there's two ways to read it like like they were uneasy because they knew it was going to make it seem like ewan was guilty and they didn't want to implicate him but like they finally give in like that's one way to read it the other way to read it if they actually did the thing is they're putting on a show of being reluctant to implicate their friend you know uh that's what i thought Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm just reading this again to see in that context how I feel about that. Um, oh, okay. I mean, Gorwood then frowned. He's got to be a good actor if he's going to frown about something. And then clear stuff. Well, you, you know, if they're real masterminds, I mean, maybe they're good at, you know acting apart how many I, masters mind can we have here <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no i think it's definitely possible that they're innocent i think it's definitely possible that they're innocent so another thing i thought was interesting about just just the the, the difference in the detail here was in this paragraph he says the constable says, the day before the theft, he paid a visit to the school, so, uh, he being Ewan. Yeah. Supposedly to speak with his old friends in private, but neither man would admit him into their office, so he waited in the atrium for them to emerge so he could plead for their help. But that's not why he said he was there. He said he was there for a tour. Oh, really? Right? Is yeah. that what he said? He said, I had a tour the day before I showed up, the day before the thing was stolen. All right, hold on, hold on. I got to see this now. Go back to the record. Okay, going back to the first one. Okay, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I saw it for the first time on my brief tour of Adelard yesterday. Blah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did say what that. This sentence, what this sentence also does is make us see, make us think that he was in the atrium hanging out, and then he goes, "Hey, what's this astrolabe doing here?" You know, like it makes him go, "Oh, I'm just I'm waiting in the atrium, looking around. Here's something I can steal later." Mm hmm. Um, but that's not. It didn't seem like that's exactly what he. That's not he how he described it. He said, hey, I got a job interview for a certain day. I came the day before for a tour, and I saw my friends hanging out, and I went to go talk to them, and they didn't talk to me at all, right? But the second letter says he showed up to see the friends, and they wouldn't talk to him. So he hung out in the atrium. For a while, so it's slightly different. Uh, 
Uh, where's the thing about the atrium? Because this is what he says. It was during that time waiting in the atrium, I surmise, that he hatched his plan to steal the afterlife. Oh, 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 from the second one. Yeah, okay. Page three on the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Supposedly to speak with his old friends in private. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not consistent. Definitely not consistent. Since so many of the details do line up, it's it's probably worth paying attention when they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if this these these sentences make sense together. Tell me if, if this logic flow of logic makes sense to you. I'm I'm reading it towards the bottom of page three on the second letter. He says, uh, Gor uh, Gorwith let loose what he'd been holding back. Quote, sure enough, but Ewan had trouble sorry, Ewan <laughs> has trouble finding work for a particular reason. Have you heard of a man named Moriarty? I nearly fell out of my chair, but I composed myself and nodded. We first met Ewan when he was Professor Moriarty's research assistant. When it turned out that Moriarty was more a criminal than a scholar, Ewan denied knowledge of his crimes. We wanted to believe that he was innocent, but after all the hubbub around Moriarty, we were forced to either keep our distance from Ewan or risk our reputations. All at once, it made sense how and why the astrolabe could have been stolen so cleanly. How? Why? I don't get it. <laughs> How and why? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he says all he wants, it made sense. How and why? I'm like, where's the how? Where's the why? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I think not, my... Not, not it made sense how and why Ewan would steal it, which is he can't get a job, he needs money, he's going to steal something valuable. But how and why it could have been stolen so cleanly, which seems to suggest, oh, he's a criminal mastermind on top of all this. Well, it's weird to well, describe it. Was it very it. clean? What? Was it very clean? Was this a clean? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's weird to describe it as clean when you just... When people mere, are writing this for like homes about it. Mere paragraphs earlier, like it was described as very messy. Um, yeah. Yeah. the scene i mean maybe he just means cleanly in the sense that the you know the culprit has gotten away with it so far i don't know and that like it, its location yeah. is unknown yeah um i mean the but, way i read it it sounds like it sounds to me like he's insinuating that uh that because because right in the first in the first uh paragraph he mm -hmm. says um uh, he is and always has been a master criminal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm assuming that, and and uh, later he says he he never heard of him before these events. Mm -hmm. So uh, my assumption is that he concluded from his association with Moriarty that he must be a master criminal, and that's how the astrolabe was stolen so cleanly because he he learned how to be a master criminal from Moriarty. Mm -hmm. That's my assumption. But he's so masterful that he's the number one suspect. 
That's what I don't get. That's what I don't get. How are you so masterful, but all these people saw you the day before. All these people saw you in the atrium. <laughs> Everybody knows you have a bad reputation. But, like, you're so masterful that, like, you're the number one suspect. But no one saw him do it, and no one knows where it is. And, yeah, no, I, I, I get your point. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not the perfect crime if he really did it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe he's, eh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> It also didn't seem that clean. So, yeah, there's, I don't know. There's a lot questionable about that. Um, let's see. Yeah, this this interview bolstered my theory. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, he seemed to suggest that the fact that Ewan says he couldn't find work for months is incongruous with the fact that he was working there as a chimney sweep. But he I does. Think it's fair to say by work he means his the trade he's studied for, which is, you know, professoring. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I that that seems uh you can't find work for months. What? You're a chimney sweep so you can sleep here. <laughs> like get yeah. over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I found that sentence very strange because, yeah, 100%. Like, there's two things about this. Like, first of all, like, yeah, like, I'm sure he meant the work that I'm trying to do, yes. um, the work that I'm trained to do, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. But, like, and not just, like, so I could sleep somewhere. Exactly. Um, board, uh, yeah. Like, whatever thing they'll, like, let me stay here for, you know. But, like, the other thing was uh, it, he, he says... Uh, it's the owner of the inn who who tells him uh, that Ewan's uh, working as a chimney sweep, mm -hmm. right? So Ewan didn't min uh, didn't admit to it himself, and you know, I mean, that's part of what he's pointing out. But I guess I'm just saying it to say that that suggests to me that um, I mean, he might even be like embarrassed about it, and maybe that's why he didn't mention it I in the first letter. Exactly the kind of person who'd be embarrassed about it. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that makes it really not seem that suspicious. I mean, you know, there are the sooty footprints, and I understand that's, you know, some kind of implication, but, you know, he definitely didn't deny being there. There's an inconsistency about why he was there, you know. Uh, it is weird that he would spend the whole letter talking about how all his friends are shunning him and then not mention that, you know that that was the thing that was happening that day and and just characterize it as a tour i there there's something fishy about that mm -hmm. it's a little fishy too that in his, the first letter ewan didn't say uh i've had no luck finding employment in the in academia and my only saving grace has been working as a chimney sweep you know he didn't specify that what he was actually doing to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the last, uh, second to last paragraph in, in letter two, I think this is interesting uh, detail here. He says, I will also note that I've inquired to see if Plinikin 
might have sold or pawned the astrolabe. The artifact has not been sold or offered to either of the local pawnbrokers or Cheshire's resident jeweler, Theodore Wicks. First of all, the fact that they named this guy is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unless they've lied to me about the fact, I have no reason to doubt them. Uh, so this makes me think if we want to take it at face value that the person who stole it wasn't trying to sell it for money because it wasn't sold to any pawnbrokers mm-hmm. or jewelers. So again, going back to the idea that it was stolen for uh, some sort of message, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of moral reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or to find treasure. Or to find treasure. It's interesting, too. He says, I plan to pay a visit to Mr. Finnegan at the Adelaide Arms tomorrow at dawn. If all goes well, I'll have the opportunity to inspect his lodgings, even if only briefly, for any signs of the missing astrolabe. The idea that he'll just be able to, like, spy it somewhere. Like, does he, he thinks this guy's a master criminal, but he's going to show up <laughs> at his place and just be able to see it, if only briefly. I'll be able to tell if it's here somehow. Like that's that that's talk about anchor Druis. Like that doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Uh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess he's suggesting that he'll like walk away for a minute and he'll like have the chance to like search. Yeah. You know, never mind, like, why would he? I mean, he knows he's a suspect. It's mm-hmm. already been like another night. Like, if yeah. he leaves the astrolabe in that room, like, why would he? Yeah, he's not a master criminal if he's leaving it in the room. He's a really bad criminal, and yet he seems to think that's possible. To, yeah. <laughs> and this last sentence, this last paragraph, it's not every day that a university patrol officer gets to take on a case of this magnitude. And I would take great pride in being able to make myself of use. So first of all, I want to say what if this what if he's inflating this crime to get greater stature, right? Mm. Uh, so I think that's an interesting idea to think about. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is um, uh I think I'm forgetting what I was going to say the second thing. Um, oh, is there's no um, there's no sense from these two letters what pressure the university is placing on anyone to figure out what happened, right? So he's saying it's not every day that a university patrol officer gets to take on a case of this magnitude, but we're not hearing any details of the dean of the school or the president of the university or whatever mm-hmm. is, is saying, you got to find this thing or else, you know, like we're not getting any sense of that, which I think is interesting. You know, there's no stakes here. There's no timetable. You got to find this astrolabe before the next donor meeting or whatever, right, right. you know, uh, or like this is the most valuable possession that the university has. We have to find this or else I'm going to lose my job as constable. You know, he's sort of taking him and he claims he's taking it upon himself to get to the bottom of this, right? But he's not saying he's got to do that because the university is making him do it. Yeah. I think that omission is is interesting to me uh, because it sounds like, you know, he doth protest too much. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that means... He could be 
involved in the crime or involved in crime. Okay. Involved in the crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna rest until I figure (laughs) out that I stole it. Yeah, is there something there? Yeah, we're definitely getting into sort of this like unreliable narrator territory. Like, who are we supposed to believe? Who's telling more of the truth? Like, I, I. I don't know what to think about it. Yeah, does he just want to like correspond with Sherlock Holmes and like mm-hmm. try to like get himself, you know, make himself feel more important yeah, or he something? Wants to be in Watson's next uh, book about the, the case, right? And... Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and didn't he say? Uh, he said, um, uh, "What was it?" Uh, uh um uh what was the thing he said um oh oh he didn't i i guess i made that up i thought he said something about was that somebody else who said that i don't know about someone who did i make that up completely anyway whatever uh, I was just wondering about the point when Moriarty's mentioned, uh, but all, all he does is nod that he knows who that is. Gotcha. Yeah, he nods along. Uh, uh, yeah. I want to just go back to the first paragraph in letter two, which is uh, the constable says, Funikin may have escaped prosecution in that convoluted affair, but in this more earthly crime where the evidence of the guilt of his guilt is clear, I will not let him go free. The evidence of his guilt is clear because what? There was some soot at the Sunny crime footprints. And he came in for he came in for a tour and he now was the there. Of his guilt is clear. <laughs> he was there. The soot was there. Wait, what was that? Page two? That's the first paragraph of page one. Oh, first oh, 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 okay. Uh Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evidence of his guilt is clear, yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. He's trying to be Sherlock Holmes. It's like, he's like, well, I ruled out all the other suspects, mm-hmm. and there's the sooty footprints, and yeah. how much clearer can you get? I gotta say, if the guilt is so clear, why is he writing to Sherlock Holmes about it? Yeah. Why is it just going to the judge or the whatever and the case is closed? Yeah, what the fuck? No, 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 no. At the end, he says, he says, uh, beyond that, the case is presently at a standstill. Yet, I don't intend to rest until I've gotten to the bottom of this. But he starts with evidence of his guilt is clear. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) what? Like, what? Like, yeah, that doesn't add up. Yeah, some some weird happened. It's almost like at the end of the letter he wrote it before the yeah. beginning. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's at a standstill because he doesn't have more evidence of his clear guilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. he wrote he wrote the rest of the letter, and then they found evidence, which he doesn't mention, of course. And yeah. then he wrote the first paragraph. Yeah, yeah. I know that makes no sense, but that's the best I can do. 
And we'll find out about the evidence later in the next letter, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who well, the next listen, letter is going to be that's from. What, that's what's strange, right? Is is he's saying, if all goes well, I have the opportunity to, respect, to inspect his lodging, even if I briefly report signs of the missing afterlife. Beyond that, the case is presently at a standstill. Yeah, I don't intend to rest until I've gotten about. That means he he can't place him at the crime scene. That all he can do is find evidence that Ewan has the stolen item in his possession. Yeah. That's all he can do at this point. He can't actually place him at the crime scene or yeah. really have any motive. Now, he's talked about motive, and he's talked about when he was at the crime scene. Yeah. He was at the atrium the day before, but he's not saying, hey, somebody saw him there at the atrium the day it was taken. Yeah. You know, anything like that, you know? Um, So, yeah, that's actually really, really, really confusing. Evidence of broken glass found in any of his stuff or any anything to sort of link him specifically to the, the crime. Yeah, I mean, it's all just, like, circumstance. Like, he was there and, you know, he's kind of desperate and, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. So we stole an astrolabe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they suggest that the two professors don't need the money from an astrolabe. The charwoman would might likely need the money. Yeah. You know, she's just cleaning offices. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know, the idea that she would steal it with a key and then somebody's like, oh, let me cover up from her. So that she doesn't get, you know, the police don't come after her. But then shouldn't she know better anyway? Well, you know, and then there's this thing about uh, Butchard has a far from favorable reputation with the barmaids, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is a weird random comment to make. I mean, you know, is it going too far to say like maybe he's maybe he and uh, Elise are having some kind of affair and he's he's trying to help uh you know her uh i don't know maybe she's got some financial problems or he know you know i don't know like maybe there's a connection there there's something that it almost makes sense like like uh what if he did something bad to her and she's like, Hey, I'm going to go public with what you did. And he says, Hey, don't, don't harsh my mellow. I'll give you this valuable thing instead. So he steals it because it's going to shut her up. So his reputation isn't ruined. Mm-hmm. That's something. Is there's a problem yeah. with like how is she gonna get money from it? She's gotta fence it. You know, right, right. Well, I mean, I go back to this this fucking this um where was it? Um this this yeah, the the Cheshire's resident jeweler, Theodore Wick. <laughs> Who gets like fully named the here? Next, listen, the next letter is from Theodore Wick. <laughs> I already know. 
I just think you don't name that character if Absolutely there isn't not. something there. Absolutely not. So yeah, yeah we're gonna get a letter from Theater Ways. This dear like dear Sherlock Holmes. I just received an interesting package <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> it seems to be some sort of sex dance. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He's 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 coming into play, Theodore Wiggs. Yeah, so I'm just holding space for the idea that, like, you know, uh, you know, maybe he knows more than than he's letting on, um, and you know, per- perhaps he's in some way uh, involved or at least uh, had some kind of connection to the crime. Um, and uh, uh, you know, maybe that explains, you know, how you know, like he melted it down, or I don't know. Do jewelers melt things? I don't know. Maybe he. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- do they? <laughs> yeah, they can. Okay. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, or you know, whatever. Like, would have a place to hide it or something. Um, and and maybe could have provided if if it really was just about like money. I mean, it seems a bit weird to me to steal this like prominent thing just can for I, money. Can I pitch the worst theory ever that I can't really say makes any sense with okay. the time frame? Okay. <laughs> what if the astrolabe was stolen, given to Wix to melt down, and mm-hmm. then and then it was thrown back into the <gasps> glass case? Oh, oh no. Oh no! The ash, yeah, the the rough hewn rock is the astro. Oh no! Oh no! Is that oh, crazy? No. It makes no sense, but it feels strangely possible. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's like an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that could have happened between like eight and nine. Yeah. So Elsie takes it out with the key, brings yeah. it to the jeweler, and yeah. then. He melts it down. He melts it down. And, and then, then but then like who gets it and puts it and breaks the glass? Like what like why, why is did, that happening? Why did they break the glass versus just putting it back in? Oh, right. The- they had to break the glass because they needed her to not be okay. accused of the crime. They don't want to be accused of the crime. Um, but yeah. why put the melted <laughs> astrolabe back? Is that a message? Is that what the message is? Part of the message is um, <laughs> I can melt your astrolabe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand the heat. Get out of the kitchen, right? Get out of the astrolabe. Um, dude, I feel like we're close to figuring this out. There's something there. There's something weird about like yeah, it changing forms. Yeah, yeah, they both yeah. Describe they both describe this thing. The astrolabe is there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. don't, because yeah, the st- it's totally like, <gasps> in the chimney sweep, which yeah. is where fire is, which is where you melt things. <laughs> oh no. That's why there was soot there because he, he, he went to his chimney and he was like, what's this burnt astrolabe doing here? Let me go put it back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're, I feel like we're so close. We're so close. Wait, wait. Are you saying he put it in the chimney, or somebody else put it in the chimney? He found it in the chimney. He just found oh, it. How did it get there? Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe the thief 
stole it. They hid it in the chimney, not knowing the fire was going to be used. <laughs> then it was used and therefore melted it. <laughs> They're like, oh, let me put it back. <laughs> Okay, that doesn't make sense, but I feel like we're close. I feel like we're close to a clever solution. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, I think that I think it's a good idea. Um, uh, it really makes use of of the thing of the like gives a reason why it's there, what it has to do with anything. It's just the scenario of why you would steal it, melt it, and then bring it back. That's a hard one. Where like coming up with a story mm -hmm. where that actually seems reasonable, like yeah, I don't know. yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to envision. Like unless there was some secret thing on it that they wanted to come. What up if or... what if what if Ewan stole it, but he 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 only meant to borrow it for some reason, but and he hid it in the chimney. <laughs> While he was borrowing it, and he was like, "Oh shit, this chimney was used." Oh no, I gotta just put it back now. <laughs> okay, I didn't. It didn't quite land. Okay, it didn't really get there. It didn't really get there. Um, I think he's just hiding shit in the chimney. It's so weird. Like, why? Why is why is everyone hiding things in the chimney? Well, that's a great place to hide stuff. Is it? I don't know. I don't have a chimney, so I don't know if I'd hide anything there. It's dark. That's true, but also, like, things get burned in there. And there's, you know, like, unless you build it, like, it's just going to drop to the ground, right? I mean, we're, you know, it's not like there's, like, secret compartments or something up there. Like, you know? Doesn't every chimney have an astrolabe le uh, uh, shelf where you, you, you stuff your astrolabes? <laughs> I've never been to England. I don't know what chimneys look like. Um, okay, so I think we're on to something. We're missing the details, but there's something about yeah. this changing forms that I think yeah. is yeah. interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, maybe that's how the constable's cuff got torn yeah I wanted to do something with the cuff yeah because he went and retrieved the astrolabe and tore his cuff retrieving it from the chimney <laughs> I'm close I feel like I'm close to something wait he, why did he put it in the chimney did he, he just did he knew put it was in the there. Before he I don't know if he knew. I don't think he put it there, but he knew it was there. He just knew it was there. How okay. You... How about this? You want to? <laughs> you want You want a solution? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, the charwoman and yeah. the constable have worked at the school for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They're lovers. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Did I solve it? Do you need more? Okay, I'll give you some more. Wait, so did she put it in the chimney? Let me think. She she steals it. Damn, that doesn't make sense. She steals it. 
And then he says, you can't steal that. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hey, why don't we put this up a chimney (laughs) to hide it better? And then she's like, okay, that makes sense to me, darling. And he's like, great. No one's going to start a fire in that chimney. It's already clean. And then Ewan comes home and starts a fire in the chimney. Mm-hmm. And then the constable says, oh, shit. I forgot about that astrolabe in the chimney. I need yeah. to go get it. Yeah. This is and like an hour he, later. Okay. Yeah. This, this is very quickly. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no. Someone turned the chimney on. My cuff is now broken. <laughs> okay. I say I don't have a foolproof plan here. I don't. I can't quite make it work. And there's got to be something with a cigarette case with the numbers on it too. Like that's got to like come into play somehow. He never mentioned those things, by the way. I'm just going to point it out. Like, yeah, he he never said like, oh, and he broke my cuff and Mm. he wanted a cigarette, but I didn't have any. And my cigarette Mm -hmm. case was empty. So that to me, that means one of two things. Mm -hmm. One, uh, that was a lie. And actually, uh, you made that up for some obscure reason that we maybe will understand later. Or Mm -hmm. number two, um, uh. Constable is leaving it out because, you know, it implicates him in something or, or there's something he's trying to hide about it or yeah. or he just didn't think it mattered. But it's like it's like um, if it didn't matter, I don't think they would have mentioned it. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm inclined to think that I'm inclined to think that either either it's a lie or uh, or he's implicated. And, and that's a clue. Wait, I don't know why. Yeah, why? But but it just in terms of like consistency, because mostly I was focusing on the fact that Ewan's story was like corroborated by this, but I think it's also worth noting the parts where it does, you know, where the constable story it doesn't quite match up with what Ewan said. Yeah. I mean, listen. If you think about why would you steal something that seems valuable, so there's two reasons. One is this sort of uh, um, one is a financial reason, right? And then one is a more message reason. So if you just look at it financially, we know there's certain characters who don't seem to have a financial need to steal it, right? The professors seem to be okay. Next is the constable. He has right. a job, but you don't expect he's making a lot. Yeah. Next is uh, the charwoman who has a yep. job. You don't expect he's has a lot. And at the very bottom is is Ewan, who doesn't have a job except the yep. thing and, and is trying to find a job. So um, you would expect someone who stole it for a financial reason to need the money. So that would... That would uh, discount the professors and it would only be the constable the charwoman or Ewan who would need the money um now they can't 
just pawn something off that's this recognizable, right? That's the other problem. Is it's, it's a pretty specific thing about here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why if this, um, uh, uh, Theodore Wicks was involved, like, you know, uh, he would have to be in on it in some way. Theodore Wicks? Wicks? Candle? Marvin Candle? <laughs> Marvin Waxman? Oh my God. Teddy Waxman? <laughs> <laughs> um we're just free associating with like lost <laughs> stuff yeah, now. That's it. That's it. Hey, how else are you gonna solve it? <laughs> um what's we again I, I think it's so weird that the constable is talking to Sherlock like Holmes like, hey, I think this guy did it. I think Ewan did it. He's a criminal mastermind work for Moriarty. By the way, I'm not going to rest until it's done. And if I get to his apartment or his lodgings, then I will look for it. And it's like, who is he trying to convince and why? Like, like, why isn't he saying, hey, I have XYZ evidence that I've sent to the police or to the district judge or whatever, the magistrate, whatever the organization is, right? Like, why is he trying to convince Sherlock Holmes of anything? Because I feel like he could just say, Dear Sherlock Holmes, I got a chance to check out his lodgings and I found all the evidence. Like, you know what I mean? Like, isn't, can he just say that? Like, if he's trying to convince Holmes of something, he can say anything. He can say uh, anything? Well, couldn't he? Can he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if his point is to convince her like Holmes of something, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, couldn't he say, Dear Sherlock Holmes, I'm writing you to let you know I found all the evidence against Ewan in his lodgings. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Versus, I mean, saying, versus saying, like, Dear Sherlock Holmes, the police department has found this evidence, and therefore he's guilty. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what is more subjective? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like part of that is just the the artificial nature of the way that the thing is told but i think um uh i do think to a degree it's supposed to be unreliable um and we have to question what they say because it's not you know it's not going through it's just what someone says like there's no sort of larger process to like vet the 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 truth of of any of these things that are stated here i think I think between the two letters, like, okay, I mean, here's third third possibility is uh, Ewan and the constable are collaborating. Um, I have to throw that out. But assuming that's not true, um, then uh, I tend to think that the places where the two letters uh, say the same thing, then I'm inclined to believe that those things are true. Mm-hmm. 
since it doesn't seem like they're collaborating. I mean, if so, it's a it's a long con. Yeah. And we don't know why they would collaborate. I yeah. mean, of all the things to steal for money, this seems like not the obvious thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a problem in a way, like no matter who did it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, it's a good starting point to just line them up and... Um, you know, I'm slightly curious about the different, the slightly different color descriptions of the stone, but I do think that there's, I do think that there's something there. Um, experiments with the astrolabe. I don't know. There's something there. Like, well, you make a good point because in general they describe it the same, but he says uh, very gray, right? Yeah. Which is a very specific thing. Yeah. And so why does he know what that is? He didn't say it was green. I would expect the constable to say it's brown and green. Right. And the academic scholar to say to say verdigree. Yeah. So he says verdigree, which means he knows it's copper that has been oxidized and looks green. Yeah. That's suspicious. Hmm. That is suspicious. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He is there. He's you know, he works there. He knows about stuff. Yeah. I mean, I I was suspicious of him from the first one. Um <laughs> <laughs> just from the weird cuff incident. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I Where guess. Where was that at? Where was that sentence? Which one? Oh, here we go. Second, in the second paragraph, page one. All that was left in the case is a small stone, brown, speckled with verdigree. Yeah. And again, he didn't say, oh, the stone was used to break the case. Right? Right. Which, which is what I would expect of somebody who knows that that's not what the stone was for. Right? Someone who doesn't know what's going on and shows up to a crime scene and goes, oh, well, there was a, there's a glass everywhere and a stone. Oh, that stone must have been used. Right? So I guess that begs the question, was there, you know, if the stone wasn't used to break the glass, what was? What would make glass go everywhere? Uh, I mean a lot of things. Uh, but is there is there is there like an object in the story here that would make sense? A cigarette case. The cigarette case. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think that could do it. But those are so small and delicate. Like God, why are you cigarette? You need to get a big one. What are you doing with <laughs> small ass cigarette cases? It only supposed to fit a couple of cigarettes. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. For a and you're right though, when... dude. The fact that he didn't bring up the cuff because he could say because he's been he's been he's been downing you in the whole time. You yeah. Say, oh, he's at the criminal mastermind. He even broke my cuff. Right, and, right. And he didn't bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Which means that Ewan, I'm sorry, that the constable is saying that Ewan broke his cuff because the constable realized, oh shit, I broke the case. I my cuff got cut. I need an excuse on yeah. why, as to why my cuff is now cut. Actually, that's yeah. that's got to be true. Yeah. Okay. So now, I, I honestly, dude, I think there's two parts to the to the case, and I think it's what we said. Like, there's the one, the person who did it, and there's a the person who's covering up for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the constable's covering up. He yeah. he got his uh, cuff cut on the case. Yeah. Uh, and. And he's covering up. So who's he covering up for, and why? So did he? This and this covering up means somebody opened the glass case with the key. They took out the astrolabe. They closed it. There's nothing in there. It's just a glass enclosure. And then he shows up and goes, "Oh look, there's nothing in there. Somebody stole it. I'm going to not only break the case, but put in another object there and be, to begin with." Like, why not just break the clay case and not put any rock in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the rock thing is... That, that seems like one of the hardest things here. It seems much easier to come up with who did it than, like, why the rock thing? Because, mm-hmm. like, do we know enough to even explain that? Uh, I was just reading the first letter, and... I forgot about this, but in the first letter, it says the constable then confirmed with the college that I had not only registered for a tour of the grounds yesterday, but had also been scheduled for an interview today. So he's actually saying that the constable confirmed that he was going to have a tour, um, which doesn't seem to line up with uh, the, the thing that they mm-hmm. said about that uh here but i think that was actually like mac and and gore gorewid or, or something mm-hmm. um right they were the ones who said uh oh he just came to talk to us right isn't that what they said um basically in the second letter it says that they said the day before the theft, he paid he a visit to the school to supposedly to friend. speak with their old friends in private. With his yeah. old friends in private. But that's not why he came. He came for the tour. Yeah, and and he he said that the constable confirmed that he went there for a tour. Where's that so in letter one? He, uh, uh, all right, let me find it. Um, uh, oh, I pulled up the wrong one. Uh. See, I want number one to be first, but it's actually second. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, here it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's at the bottom of page three. Uh, 
like the towards the end of that that pair that last okay, paragraph yeah. on page three how is the constable confirming this from his perspective um uh he says confirmed with the college so i can only assume that he you know called some do they have telephones back then i don't know contacted some uh, official uh, in charge of scheduling tours and just confirmed that uh, he had been registered for a tour. The constable then confirmed with the college that they had not only registered for a tour on the grounds, but also been scheduled for an interview today. Okay. Hmm. That's a tough one. <laughs> Matt claimed I must have hidden away the artifact, whilst Ken repeatedly explained that I was Professor Moriarty's protege and therefore obviously a viper. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. That's so weird. They... The way the constable portrays it, it's like they were really reluctant to implicate him. Mm -hmm. But then the way this portrays it, it's like it's like they're they're like, oh, you like, of course you did it. I know you did. You know, like, I don't know. There's there's an inconsistency there, which is also how the constable's portraying it in general. That this guy's a mastermind. I know he did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't say that, you know, Mac and Ken that. say that. But he says that they were, he was just there to see them, but not for it. So he couldn't have, so if he had confirmed with the university that Ewan was there for a tour, why wouldn't he tell Holmes that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, why not? Why? Not? Yeah, I mean, why it not seems. Say, hey, he was here for a tour the day before and he was in the atrium hanging out versus. He was here the day before to talk to his friends and then hung out in the atrium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it yeah, it, it seemed to me like um it seemed to me like um like he was describing what they told him. Yeah, and so he says, Ewan says that he learned that the that the astrolabe had been part of the college's collection for some time. So that's interesting because it was a new case. Yeah. So it's been there a while, but it hasn't been on display, which means it hasn't been easily accessible. Yeah. That means that somebody had wanted it but couldn't get to it until now. Yeah. Who was able to get to it now? The charwoman with the key. It should, yeah, it should be the people who were there before. Yeah. Um, if that's, yeah, if that's really a thing, like, oh, it's accessible now, like, we can have it. Yeah, no, I, I, I she's pretty high on my suspect list in terms of, like, having access. There still has to be someone else involved, I think, but I think that's, uh, I think that's a good starting point. I. I, if she's not involved, then I would have to. I, Wait, I, I, 
What? Who's the one who has the Me Too problem? Oh, that was... Uh, hold on, let me find. Uh, that was... Um, that was Butchart, which is... Mac. Uh, is that Mac? <laughs> Forgetting. Yeah, that's Mac. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who had the music playing. Correct. Yeah. He did it. He did it. <laughs> he's covering up from her because yeah. he did something wrong to her. Mm-hmm. And she says something about, I'm going to go to the university. I'm going to get you fired. I'm going to ruin mm-hmm. your vacation. And he's trying to pay her off. And he says, either he says, give me the key and I'll get it and give it to you. Or he says, you take it and I'll cover up from you. But I'm now like thinking him. He's the one who has a direct reference to wanting to cover up for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree that, that, yeah. And and playing the music that covers up the sound, I yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that fits pretty well. Doesn't explain the rock. Something something about like something about like I like she's like, well I you know you did this thing to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you look bad, so I'm gonna take this astrolabe. And then he's like, oh, shit. Like, I don't want anyone to see that it was taken and, and implicate me. So I'm going to make like a like a robbery. Um, what did you say? It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't dress what? Uh, the rock of uh, the stone. Why they left it in the place of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying that's still a problem. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, they can, there, there, there can be a reason. It's just uh, there's, you know, at some point that has to be explained. What but, if? But I, in general, I the theory is, seems plausible to me. What if the charwoman takes uses her key to open the case, takes the astrolabe, and she's trying to embarrass Mac or do something weird. And she has it melted down, and then she puts it back in the case, unbroken. Then Max sees it, that this thing is now ruined or whatever, melted down. And then he just breaks the case to make it seem like, oh, this thing was stolen. But in fact, the the, the rough stone is the... Uh, Astrolabe. Does that help? Uh, Did that fix anything? Uh, wait, hold on. No, I I think it's very plausible that the rough stone is the astrolabe, but like, but wait, but why? I guess the difference I'm making is instead of she uses the key. To open the case and take the stone and then somebody says oh the stone's gone let me make it look like a burglary so I will break the case and then put a stone there 
Instead, somebody instead the situation is the the astrolabe is taken, turned into the stone, mm-hmm. put back into the case. The case is still complete. It's not mm-hmm. broken yet. And then somebody sees that the astrolabe is gone and there's a stone in its place and then goes, shit, let me make this look like a robbery. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just... And basically, all they have to do is break the case. They don't have to take the stone, which is why the stone is still there. Right. Um, right, right. I mean, that's... Uh, that may, That's fine. But, like, but why... Why take it melted and then put it back? Like, why would you do for that? For the message. That's the that's where the message comes in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a message we need to find out about, I guess. Message of one. Um... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean that scenario can work, I think. All right. Well, listen. I really want to get letter number three. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I hope it helps. Be... I hope it doesn't just make it more complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a letter from the uh, from the astrolabe itself. Dear Sherlock Holmes, I'm stuck in a chimney. Please save me before they melt me down. I'm just a melted ass rock now. Yeah. I feel like we're onto something with the counterintuitive like possibilities of who did what and why. Yeah. But can't can't really piece it together yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like there's not enough information. I I definitely once we get it, I, I gotta go back and just see like like how much of this was really possible been, and how much of it it yeah. would involve like wild speculation to ever come up with. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, I no. I think I think we covered it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Let us know what your theories are at this point on our Patreon, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.